Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Howdy, Todd. Just realized I, I think I have like a condition, somewhat of a conditioned response to that tone, that those those uh, beeps. Oh, the little countdown? Yeah. Thing? Right what's your condition? Do you start drooling or what's your conditioned response to that? No, I'm just starting to definitely associate that with oh. time to talk. <laughs> it's my cue. It's my Pavlovian cue. I'm not salivating though. Um, what are we talking about today? Well, I thought I could maybe uh, pick your brain a little bit here. Um, Dr. Wignall is kind of a expert in insomnia, treating insomnia. And um, I have a client who I thought maybe I'd run by you and see if you can give me some suggestions about how to work with his uh, insomnia. Yeah, symptoms. let's do it. Um, this client is a 45-year-old man, um, lives alone, um, successful, pretty stable employment, pretty stable history, um, but definitely has a history of uh, going to bed about 10 o'clock at night, um, wakes up at 2 o'clock. Going mm-hmm. to bed isn't a problem for him. Okay. Um, but he does find himself kind of waking up pretty abruptly around 2 um, a.m., and then he could lay there for an hour or two or three sometimes um, before he's able to go back to sleep. Sometimes maybe doesn't go back to sleep, mm-hmm. feels like. Um, and then while he's awake, he'll lay in bed, and he says he's not worrying. He says it's more just kind of thought about what's going on. However, when I um, pressed him for examples of some of the things he thought about, they seemed kind of anxious worry about um, the COVID vaccine rollout and mm. um, where his family is in line for that. And um, is there going to mm. be enough? Are they going to get in time? So, so even it, if he doesn't describe them as anxiety-inducing or worries, they're like concerning. His threshold for what me worrisome might be a little okay. bit higher than yeah. most. But um the content definitely sounded worrisome. But he's not imagining how wonderful his next vacation is going to be. Definitely like, not. Yeah, okay. Definitely not. Yep. Yeah. Um, and and, and he even describes sometimes just kind of mundane, oh, I need to do that tomorrow or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, generally some more, what I would describe as worrisome. Concerning to-dos, yeah. problems. Yeah, to, yeah, something like that. Okay. So he's going to bed at 10, falling asleep. And he, he's going to bed at 10. Is he falling asleep at 10? Yeah, actually, you um, said he, he, re- he reports he doesn't have much problem okay. falling asleep and gotcha. he's got a routine down where um uh for going to bed that seems to work for him to get him asleep at mm-hmm. around 10 o'clock okay and then he's he's waking up around two pretty consistently and mm-hmm. h- about how long does he say he's up for at least two to three hours two to three hours mm-hmm. okay so he's going to back to bed around four or five and then when does he f- wake up in the morning usually around six six thirty Okay, so he's not asleep much longer before he actually gets up for the No, day. that's the problem is he feels okay. like he's just not getting the you know enough sleep there at the end mm-hmm. to really kind of yeah, provide the benefit. Okay, so this is it's kind of interesting because it's um the most common form of insomnia is called initial insomnia, which is where you have trouble falling asleep initially. Mm-hmm. You know, you lay mm-hmm. in bed and you worry or whatever for a couple of hours and then you finally fall asleep, but you're missing out on those first few hours. Mm-hmm. Um but this is ca- often called middle insomnia. So you don't have much of a problem falling asleep initially, but yeah, you at, the, at a similar time in the middle of the night, you tend to wake up and you have a hard time going back to sleep. Right. We should point out it's, it's very normal to wake up during the middle of the night. It's kind of, it's, it's a 
false idea that, that good sleep means you just sleep super hard and consistently all the way through the night and you never wake up. Especially as we get older, it's very normal to wake up briefly in the middle of the night. If for nothing, no other reason than like you have to pee sometimes. As long as you fall back asleep relatively quickly, it's really not a big deal. It doesn't What impact. is relatively quickly? Um, so this is, this is kind of the issue because <laughs> as soon as you start putting numbers on it, people right, get right. neurotic about it. That's not like, what I do. Yeah. That's not what I do. Um, I would say within you know a few minutes to 10, 15 minutes, oh, okay. something like that. Okay. Um, it's normal to take a little bit of time to fall. I mean, mm-hmm. rarely does your, you, your head hit the pillow and you just right conk away. out yeah. immediately. It's unlikely. Um, so I think that's important to point out. If you're waking up in the middle of the night and falling back asleep fairly quickly, it doesn't really impact your sleep quality. So it's not really something you need to worry about too much. That being said, like your guy, if he's up for a couple hours, right, that is definitely going to impact his sleep quality. Um, and, and he'll say, you know, he's kind of mentioned, I get, I'm getting four and a half, five, uh-huh. you know, so I can function. It's not, yep. it's not um, debilitating to him, but man, he would definitely prefer to get maybe another hour or two. Yeah. And that's a good point. You, you can't, people can function surprisingly well on four and a half, five, five and a half hours of sleep, actually. It's certainly not ideal. You're not going to feel amazing. Right. But you, it's, you're definitely okay on that amount of sleep. Um, but not harming to get, yourself or anything by no, it. No. Nope. Um, really, the three hours is like the, the critical mark because you to get all of your required deep sleep usually requires three to four hours. Um, so I usually say if you're getting over four hours, that's it's... Again, it's not ideal, but it's sufficient, right? You know? right. Um, and it's it's actually very rare that people are night after night getting less than four hours of sleep. It's inc- I've almost never seen that actually, um, even with an initial insomnia. Yeah, your, your body just needs that much sleep um, initially. So, okay, so there, there's a couple things that that can be going on in here. Um, the The way to generally think about middle insomnia is that it is it's a learned behavior. So what's happening is, like I said, everybody gets up in the middle of the night. It's very even if you don't remember it, when you every time you come out of a sleep cycle, you briefly you go you come out of stage one sleep and you wake up, and but and it happens so quickly and you go back to sleep so quickly you don't even remember it mm-hmm. the next day. So it's very normal actually to briefly wake up and multiple times throughout the night, especially at around three, even up to four hours after you fall asleep, because that has been two full sleep cycles. Mm. Sleep cycles are about 90 minutes, Mm -hmm. about an hour and a half. So when people have middle insomnia, it's almost always at the three to four hour mark. Mm -hmm. When they're coming up out of that stage one from the second cycle of sleep. Well, what's, what's happening is that, yeah, they're coming out of their second full sleep cycle. And what's important to know is that in your, your body's smart in that in, in the first couple sleep cycles, it prioritizes deep sleep. So you get, which is the most necessary kind of sleep you mm-hmm. need. So your body in the first couple of sleep cycles, it, get, it gets you through all the deep sleep you need or the vast majority of it, right? And one of the things this means is if you wake up, if you wake up after an hour of being asleep, you haven't got through nearly all of your deep sleep. So mm-hmm. you're going to really want to go back to sleep. Your body's going to force you to go back to sleep, right? But if you've already gotten through two full sleep cycles, you've you've gotten through all the deep sleep you need probably, right? And so the the pressure to sleep is a lot less. Mm-hmm. So it's harder to fall back asleep, understandably. It's not, right? as, it's not as vital. Yeah, exactly. So, but the, the thing to realize is almost always what happens is people get in a habit of they wake up and then they basically, they start thinking in bed 
a lot of times it's worry about not sleeping mm-hmm. with, with traditional forms of insomnia. That's often the thing is they're, they're worried and frustrated about not being able to fall back. Asleep. Sure. But it can just be thinking about anything. It can be running through to-do lists. You see this with a lot of um, very kind of high achieving type A successful people is that they've, they've just got a lot going on that they're thinking about. And so they'll start thinking, worrying about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm laying in bed. Like and they start thinking about all this stuff at work or their jobs or their business or whatever it is. Now, the, the, the problem is that in itself is not necessarily a problem. But if, if you start thinking a lot while you're in bed, you're training your brain to associate your bed with thinking. Or right? even this time of when you wake up at 2 o'clock. Yeah, it's like basically your body, you've been training your body to say like, oh, woke up in the middle of the night. Time to start reviewing tomorrow's to-do list. This will take a while. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just like if you, when you sit down at your office desk, it's more likely than not thoughts about your work are going to tend to pop up, right? Because that's what you do at your office desk all day long right. as you work, right? Um, or, if you, or if you, you know, sit down on your, I don't know, like the deck outside where your kids normally play in the backyard, like thoughts about like your kids are probably going to pop. It's just conditioning, right? Yeah. So the, the way to think about this, I think, is you need to break that habit. You need to get someone out of that habit of thinking so much so that your brain stop associates stops associating being awake in the middle of the night with running through to-do lists and worries. Mm-hmm. And th- there's two basic ways to do this. The first is you should, my, one of my commandments for Nick's three commandments for insomnia, is <laughs> you should never think in bed. Never think in bed. Never think in bed. Okay. <laughs> this seems challenging. Well, and what the practical implication of that is if you lay down and like, you know, you give yourself a few minutes, 10 minutes, whatever to fall back asleep. If you're not falling back asleep and your mind is kind of starting to rev up, mm. you, you should do one of two things. Either you just get out of bed and go do something else until you start getting sleepy again. Mm-hmm. Because even if you're not sleeping, let's say you go and like watch a TV shit sitcom or something or you read in the living room. Even if you're not super sleepy and falling right back asleep at least you're not teaching your brain that like bedtime is thinking time. You're not reinforcing that. Yeah, habit. you're not exactly. Yeah. You're not reinforcing the habit. So, and you, but you're also just more likely to, if you're kind of distracting yourself with some other, you know, again, a sitcom or a book or something, you're more likely, it's more likely that your mind will start getting sleepy again. And then mm-hmm. once you notice that you're getting sleepy, then get back into bed um, and see if you fall back asleep or not. Okay. The other thing you can do is just have, a book or a, like a podcast or an audio book that you can just put on while you're, so you wake up in the middle of the night. If I had your client, I would tell him every time you wake up, you don't even think what should I do. You pull out, you have like uh, some boring podcast queued up and you pull it out and you just start listening to it mm-hmm. so that your mind is on this sort of like kind of boring thing, but you're not thinking about problems and to-dos and worries and how frustrated you are that you're not sleeping again and why isn't this Dr. Sewell like fixing me like what am I paying him for you know you don't want so like like a really good BBC the history of Wales yeah kind of documentary real droll real droll yep yep I gotcha or, or, or like a book or an audio book. I, I like to recommend books you, you generally enjoy, but you've already read multiple times, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So there's no surprises, you know, you know the plot, yeah. yeah. Um, things to just like keep your mind off of more arousing topics like your to-do list or your anxieties. And when your mind is on those less arousing things, your body's, nat- your body's sleep drive, your natural desire to sleep is allowed to kick back in, mm. okay? You're not, you're not dampening that with 
anxiety and worry and stress hormones. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. The other thing you can do is this is, commandment number three because you didn't label commandment number two. I don't. I was just saying three because maybe there are three. I don't know. The first oh, okay. one is <laughs> never think in bed, and the second one is. Um, I don't know. It's not important. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's not that they're important. They're not pertinent to this type of insomnia. Oh, gotcha. The other thing you can do if you want to extinguish this habit of worrying in the middle of the night, waking up in the middle of the night, not being able to fall back asleep is you're going to restrict the amount of time you spend in bed. Okay. Which probably sounds counterintuitive. I'm not sleeping enough. Why would I spend less time in bed? Right. Right. The idea here is if, you're, if your client's getting in bed at 10 and has to get up at six. That's eight hours of bed time in bed. Sure. Right? Basically, the, the, uh, the strategy here is if you only allow yourself six hours in bed, mm-hmm. right, your, your body has less time to sleep. So it's, it's going to essentially try harder to sleep. Gotcha. So if this guy stayed up till 11, even if he started getting sleepy, Sit, you know, sit on the floor or whatever. Like, right. make sure you stay up till eleven. Set your alarm for five. Right. Well, you're what you're doing is you're kind of sleep depriving yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so now y- your body only has that six hours to to get all its sleep done. Mm-hmm. So it's more likely to override that middle awakening that period. Middle awake you're going to be that much more tired because you're you're essentially sleep depriving yourself. Mm-hmm. Now the key here is you're doing it temporarily. Yeah. You're doing it until you iron out that gap in the middle, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? In, until you've unlearned that association. Right. And usually that'll take two, three, maybe four weeks. Okay. Right. But then, and, and here's the thing anyway, the guy's only getting four, four or five, four or five hours, hours of sleep, sleep anyway, mm-hmm. right? So it's not like he's getting dramatically less sleep than he would. Not normally. at all. So at once, then once he starts sleeping through the night, or waking up and going back to sleep relatively quickly, you can slowly start adding time in bed back on. Mm. So he can start going to bed at 10.30, right? And getting up at 5.15, mm-hmm, something like that. Mm-hmm. And if he stays solid in his sleep at, you know, go to bed at 10.30 and wake up at 5.45, something like okay. that. And eventually get back to his optimal number of, you know, whether it's seven or eight hours. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, sorry, I've sort of like launched a bunch no, of information. No, let me let, you, me, let like, me run those by you again. Yep. So one, we can uh, build his sleep deprivation up and get him good and tired by going to bed later. Yeah, by restricting his time in bed. Right, right. Um, that'll kind of shorten that gap when he wakes up, and it's a temporary um, kind of. Um, intervention yes um that once he's kind of trained himself to go to sleep faster once he does wake up or if he does wake up yep. he can go back to maybe a more regular bedtime and once he's consistently waking up and going right back to sleep mm-hmm. that's what his body is learning mm-hmm. that like being in bed means going to sleep right right and so the, the, which leads us to the other thing which is when he does wake up and he's not able to go to back to sleep uh fairly quickly to get out of bed read listen to the bbc history Yep. Documentary on his phone. Something that's just interesting enough that it doesn't sound terrible, but not right. exciting enough to kind of keep you awake. And not interesting enough to be like, oh, I can't wait to discover yeah, what that is. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And and the rationale there, again, is that think most forms of thinking, including just running through your to-do list or thinking about the vaccine rollout or whatever, it's arousing, mm-hmm. right? It's mentally arousing. So an arousal interferes with sleep drive. 
your body's desire to sleep. Yeah. Whereas just listening to someone drone on about the history of whales, thrilling as that might be, it's going to be a lot less arousing and less likely to interfere with your body's um, drive to sleep than going through your to-do list or worries. Right. Especially if you keep in mind that um, if, if you're getting that first initial three, four hours of sleep, you're, you're getting what's necessary um, to function throughout the next day sleep-wise. Um, and, and, and so you, you don't have to be too panicked about doing any kind of damage to yourself or anything by doing that. The body's kind of creative that way and that it kind of front loads the deep sleep in the first few hours. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And in general, your body is resilient. Like we, we would not have survived as a species if we like absolutely needed eight hours of sleep and, or else we couldn't function at all. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be bad. <laughs> um, that would have gone right long ago. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, hopefully that's, uh, that's helpful with this, uh, middle insomnia. Very much. I think I'll, I'll definitely try both of those. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.